Welcome to Hope's Reason, a podcast of discipleship with Stephen Bedard. Please come and visit me at hopesreason.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash hopesreason. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. In this episode... I have the opportunity to talk to Dr. Dallas Friesen, who is the Director of Congregational Development with the Canadian Baptists of Ontario and Quebec, which is the denomination that I belong to. And I've known Dallas for a number of years. He was actually the Associate Pastor at Mount Hamilton Baptist Church, a church that I had also been an Associate Pastor of sometime before him. And Dallas has a lot of wonderful insight to share with us about the state of the Canadian church and church in general. And I think you'll enjoy our conversation. Uh, great to have you with us, Dallas. And uh, I was wondering if you would be able to share a little bit about yourself and your current ministry context. Yeah, well, thanks, Steve, for uh, letting me be a part of this. Um, I currently work with the Canadian Baptist Ontario in Quebec. And we are, we, we like to say we're a family of churches that are transformed by Christ, revealing God's kingdom. We're, you know, and we're about 350 churches in Ontario and Quebec. And so part of my role is to help uh, our existing congregations live out their mission, whatever God's called them to do as a congregation. We try and help them to do that well, and that's with resourcing and, and uh, giving them tools to help them to equip people and to their leaders. And then I also get to work with our church plants. And so that's a, a fun part of my job. Well, it's all fun stuff. It's all good stuff. Uh, but with church plants, we're helping foster new expressions of gospel and, and groups that are, are looking how to, to proclaim Christ and, and live out their mission in, in a new and fresh way. And so that's fun to, to meet with our church planters and, and churches that are exploring those opportunities. So, yeah, that's part of what I do. Could you share maybe a little bit about your, your past ministry experience? Yeah. So, you know, the real quick thumbnail, even just the whole past, uh, is uh, so from Manitoba originally, lived there until I was a teenager, and then Vancouver Island for the next sort of 10 years-ish. And then I was in Seattle for three years, and I was working at a church plant there called Quest. Uh, there is a, currently a Quest that's still in church in Seattle, but this is uh, we were the original Quest in the Seattle area. And so for three years, I was uh, providing uh, leadership through the worship area of things. And, and as a young church plant, it's just one of those things where you're, you're involved in all aspects of, of the ministry there. And uh, that was a great time. That was This was right around the... Uh, 1999-2000-2001, and so while I was there, we had the height of the dot-com industry and then the dot-bomb, as we referred to it, and in this, that kind of technology world, uh, I was able to, uh, to spend a lot of time with, with people that uh, were exploring Christ in their own life for a first time and, and also coming coming to faith, and it was just a really neat time to be a part of a church plan, and we were trying to explore new things. I uh, came back to Canada and was in Calgary for three uh, pardon me, for about uh, just under a year. And then I ended up at Hamilton to go to seminary at McMaster Divinity College. Uh, after that, I was uh, pastoring with my wife, Leanne, at Mount Hamilton Baptist Church and worked together for about just over a decade, about, uh, almost 11 years. And that was a great time. And we sort of just 
divvied up the ministry responsibilities. Uh, my wife's a great communicator, and so she did a lot of speaking and that kind of stuff. And, and, and it was just a wonderful years of working together. And I think you know a little bit about that church. I, I've heard about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, having been the uh, associate pastor before, I wouldn't say that you had the exact same job that I had, but certainly there was uh, a lot in common and, and know a lot of the same people. What was it like being in ministry with your wife? I've not been in that kind of situation, but I would love to hear what what that's like to to be able to share not just the home life but the the ministry life as well. Yeah, well, and it I mean it certainly doesn't work for every couple in, in that sort of way, but for Lee and I it was a great opportunity. We we met at seminary, and when we met, I I recognized that. We, our greatest desire was to do ministry together, but we couldn't imagine how that could work. And so uh, when we found a, a context that allowed us both to serve, uh, it, was, it was really special. And it's not, certainly it's not for everyone, but for us, we were, we were in, a, in, a, in church where we were, we were both able to use our gifts uh, really well, I think. There was a sense in which we can do this together, but we were also able to go off and do our own ministries and have our own responsibility and, and all that. And so in terms of the work itself, you know, it helped a lot that I was that we were able to trust each other and to to sort of work with just on a similar on a similar with a similar vision and and we never had to fight about that kind of stuff. We never had to argue about that or we just sort of were able to finish each other's sentences and do all that kind of stuff. We had our challenges, so it wasn't that it was always perfectly easy. Uh, obviously, one of the the big challenges is blending home life and. Uh, and church life and pastoring and all that. When we started, we had no children. And so we had a lot of time to give to the church. And as we had, as we had children, we have two children now, Lucy and Josiah. And as they grew, we we had to, to, to figure out how are we going to do home life and, and work life and, and ministry. And, yeah, so, I mean, overall, as I look back on it, I loved it. We had just a great time. Uh, and, again, with, with some challenges. But, but overall, and the church was really great to see us as separate and also to value us working together as a team. So, yeah, that's a bit of it. Great, great. appreciate that. Now, what aspect of Christian leadership has you most excited right at the moment? Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, I think that's a great question. I One of the things, this is going to sound like kind of a funny way of addressing that, is I, I think that there's a new awareness of our brokenness and that things are broken. And that actually uh, brings me a lot of excitement. You know, it used to be that I think in ministry that, that we we often relied on, and there's always a temptation to rely on techniques. And in some ways, we're recognizing that that techniques uh, aren't going to get us to where we need to be. They're not going to allow us to do ministry in a in a way that's faithful and and present to their context and to the people there before us. And so I think we rec- we're recognizing that there's no quick fixes and there's no easy answers these days. And why that brings me a lot of excitement is is it's going to require us to. Not that it's, this has not happened before, but I think there's going to be a new reliance on the Holy Spirit to to give us direction and leading. We can't sort of rely on our on a technique or an easy solution. It's going to require us to seek after God and, and seek direction. Uh, and so that actually brings me a lot of hope. I I love the idea of of people being honest with themselves and with each other and their churches and their congregations and and to say, listen, we we don't have all of the answers and all the solutions, uh, but we we want to move toward living a, a robust faith and an exciting faith. And so I think that's that's actually 
gets me excited. I think there's, it's going to require a bunch of new conversations. How we talk, I'm so – I think the way we talk matters, and I'm so captivated by by the way we have conversations uh, and matters of faith. I think it, it's just giving us an opportunity. I think these days what we have is an opportunity to get honest about the issues that really matter in people's lives, and, and I believe, of course, that, that God meets us in those those real places. And so I certainly think there's an opportunity for for sound biblical teaching and theology uh, and apologetics, which I know you're a big advocate of. And I think there's an opportunity for us to take that those teachings and those learnings and to make them as applicable and real for life. And then kind of last coming out of that is also, I, I believe that there's probably, well, I don't know what's gone before, but I was going to say never gone like this before, but there's just this need for for Christians and for society to, to recognize that Christ came to offer abundant life. And that always gets me jazzed. Uh, I don't think abundant life, the, the abundant life that Christ offers, I don't think means that we're all going to, it doesn't have anything to do with material wealth or well-being in that kind of way. But I think we're invited into to living uh, with a new set of priorities and that abundance, we just need that these days more than ever before. So that stuff gets me excited as people are exploring how to share that and to live that. Great. I definitely want to amen that. It's an exciting place to be, but it's also a scary place as well. There's a part of us always that wants a program or a formula to, to make things work, but that's not really the, the biblical witness, and that's not the experience of ministry either. So, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, I actually was not aware that you had the experience in the United States that you did. So I'm learning something new here as well. But I am interested in the Canadian context and was wondering what you see as some of the challenges and opportunities for the church right now. Yeah, well, I mean, on one level, the challenges are just... Enormous. I, this is kind of what I do uh, with my day job, so to speak. I help churches as they're often encountering challenges. Um, I think in some ways, for churches themselves, the, the challenge is we often have tired buildings and tired structures and tired ways of doing things. Uh, what's uh, that, that the way we have done church, the way we have done ministry, uh, we've gotten into some patterns that that maybe aren't about the abundant life that Christ offers. And, and we've had this sort of truncated vision or version of the gospel. And so that has sort of trickled down, I think, in all kinds of areas. And so these days, I mean, there's a number of, I mean, some of the challenges that are even beyond just the life of the congregation is we have, the, the, the phrases are often, that often get thrown around these days are nuns and duns. I don't know, are you familiar with that phrase? Yes. The nuns and the duns. The nuns being, you know, people that where faith has just never been a part of their vocabulary, and they have had no expression or experience of, of Christianity. And then the duns are those who did go to church or were part of a faith community of some sort, and then have walked away from that. And so it seems like I know the statistics in Canada are that 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 those people in the nuns category that's the one that keeps growing when they do the you know the various stats surveys and, and all that kind of stuff and so uh, that's a challenge that that we need to to live faith we can't even talk about it if we're not living something that's exciting or vibrant or impacting us or meeting us in the day-to-day -day. and so one of our challenges is 
is to have people of faith live in such a way that their faith is, matters and it's entering into their homes and schools and neighborhoods and work environments with um, sort of a vision that, that God wants to meet them and infiltrate every part of their lives and to share that beyond. And so uh, that's a challenge to, to how are we going to to live in such a way that that there is maybe a curiosity for people who don't know anything about faith to say, hey, God's doing something, or there's something going on in that church or that group or in that community, and I need to learn more about it, or I need to explore it some more. I was talking to uh, another denominational person actually just this morning, and they said that that they knew a, a pastor who used the phrase that that they kind of, and this is a youth pastor, that considered themselves a nun themselves. But was looking for, but why was a nun in the way of Jesus? Like essentially, like they they kind of felt like they were done with religion as they had experienced it, and yet they can't get away from Jesus. And so I think many people these days are wrestling with that very thing: what's gone before uh, isn't captivating people to to embrace the life of the way of Jesus, living like Jesus. And so uh, that's a challenge that the church is going to have to address. And same thing with those duns. The duns are those who've walked away and and a lot of our a lot of people I know in my experience a lot of people have told me that they've walked away from church or faith and sometimes they have elaborate stories of things going bad and they just felt like God wasn't there and other times I've in fact I just heard a story again just recently where somebody who was had been church had been a regular part of their life they were deeply involved and somebody just made them angry. It was had to do with Sunday school teaching or a Sunday school play or something like that. And uh, and they never returned. They never returned to faith or, or to church. And they actually equated attending church with their faith, or which it sounded like a, you know. And so the point is, there's people who are walking away because they haven't experienced the fullness of what God offers. And I think the church needs to be a little bit responsible for that because we haven't. Uh, fostered rhythms of, of rest and fostered an idea that or, or people using their gifts and talents and, and, a, and a kind of teaching and a kind of learning that sparks excitement and imagination and full of reliance on Christ and hasn't met people in their, their hasn't met people with their needs and so in some ways the, ch- the challenge for the church I think is to, is to find expressions of faith that are alive and that meet people where they're at, and then to live in such a way, to gather in a community in such a way that that this isn't just an add-on to people's lives, rather it's it's their everything. And so that's a those are giant challenges that the churches are facing, uh, learning to with the nuns and the duns and, and creating the structures that will that will make space for the church to adapt and to be faithful to the, I mean, we're part of an ancient tradition. And so there's lots of things that we need to continue. And I'm not, I'm not advocating that we get rid of it all. I'm suggesting that we need to find ways of, of taking what has been uh, part of the faithful, the ongoing message, the good news and finding creative ways of living that out. And so that's also an opportunity. Again, it's an opportunity to live out mission. And I, I believe that 
one of the things we're seeing is in the church in Canada is this prioritizing local mission. It's one of the reasons I love being Baptist because we uh, we believe really strongly that uh, that that the church should be localized uh, and that it's in the congregation that can be uh, living as a mission post in their neighborhoods and in their communities. And so I'm really excited about that. And also the, that that our churches can be present and to be present in their communities in, in such a way to say, you know, we're not going to come in and once upon a time, you know, I'm not the first one to say this, but you just built the church and people came. But we're now in the margins. And so what's it going to look like for us to to offer a presence that, that gets invited to the table of community, of, of city council, of, of all these kind of things. And, and part of that is if we're faithful in our calling out, um, living lives of faith and engaging in the needs that are around us. And of course, and I'm not, and, and also part of that is, is then having an answer, being prepared to provide a, what this hope is all about. Uh, being able to push back, being able to encourage and feel the challenge to say, hey, we stand for something that is uh, about justice. And so, yeah, there's lots of lots of challenges that the church is facing, but also I think an opportunity for, for our people to uh, to provide a tangible or uh, embedded theology that, that gets lived out in a lot of people's lives. Well, that's great. That's uh, I really appreciate that insight. And I think you really nailed where... The, the church is at and, and the, the points at which we need to connect with our community. Now, one of the things you mentioned about your story is some of your ministry emerged from coming out of seminary. If you had a chance to talk with someone who was just graduating and just starting their first ministry, starting at their first church, what one piece of advice would you want to give them? Yeah, without, without a doubt. Uh, well, there's two things, so maybe this will be 1A and 1B. Um, I would say learn to listen well and to ask great questions. One of the things when we're starting out in any ministry, and it's not even just doing ministry, it's just one of those things in life. Anytime we start something, we always want to work hard and to prove ourselves and to to say, hey, they were, you know, they hired me, so I better show that I'm worthy of being hired. And so often our ambition kicks in. But sometimes with that, and I see this in young, it's not just new pastors, but with our ambition, our desire to work hard is this sort of, okay, I got to provide answers. I got to provide something. And we take that upon us, the need to, to, to offer something when we're ultimately offering people God or Christ. And so one of the real practical ways is we just learn to listen well, listen to the needs. I mean, and in terms of listening, it's there's multiple areas we're listening to. We're listening to God and learning how to discern uh, what God is saying to us. And that means we have to do a lot of soul work. We need to, to create time to listen for God, God's leading. I think we need to learn to listen to, I mean, Scripture, of course. Uh, and so it's it's more than just reading Scripture and studying it, but it's, it's listening to what is letting Scripture... Uh, that we're not just diving into and digging up what, what can I learn from this, but allowing it to shape our hearts and minds. And, uh, and that requires some deep listening. And then learning, learning to listen to people. And that's the huge thing because people will tell us uh, what – they will tell us their needs. What are the challenges that are before them? And they will tell us what – where there is this gap, the gaps in their lives. 
and where they need to hear the gospel and how the gospel needs to infiltrate those places. And we can only do that and experience that when we listen. Uh, often, and then to ask great questions as a response, you know, often I've, I kind of had to remind myself, you know, I'm not going to jump in always with, uh, with, with quick answers. Cause sometimes I, I jump in with judgment, trying to fix situations. And, and if I can take a posture of listening and, and asking that question that will, will invite the person to, to think reflectively, uh, to respond in such a way that, that elicits or it pulls out of them, uh, what's, what's heavy on their own hearts and minds. Often that gives us enough, I don't know, sort of fuel or, or, uh, I mean, that can, that can fuel your whole sermon series and that kind of stuff when you listen to people. Actually, Steve, it was a friend of ours. Um, uh, I don't know if we're allowed to name names here, but, uh, I go for uh, it. <laughs> our, uh, and now as I just say that I'm blanking on his name, Scott Dunham. Yes. Uh, I remember, uh, Scott Dunham was a friend of ours who's, uh, did a PhD in theology. And I remember him saying early on when I was, uh, pastoring, he said, listen to people and, uh, and find out what is going on in their lives and help them uh, make good choices. And by, by what he was saying is you know, that the way we preach, the way we teach, uh, the way we gather as a congregation, uh, part of our role is to help people make good decisions. Part of it's to help them to pray. Eugene Peterson used to say that, right? That my job is to help learn, teach people to pray. And, and we do that as we listen well and then ask, Good questions, and so that's my that's my thing that I would offer uh, new pastors. And, and really, because you never graduate from learning to listen well and ask good questions, I think that's ongoing. Uh, and so I know I recently did some training, uh, some coaching training, and I was reminded again that it's often in asking questions that we can help people discern what God is saying to them. And it, and and ultimately, my job is not to fix people but to help them listen to what God, the Holy Spirit's saying, and then to respond appropriately. And so that, that can, that can be done as we listen and ask a question. So yeah, that's my advice. Well, that's good advice, not just for pastors starting out, but for those of us who have been in it for a couple of decades, uh, that definitely (laughs) is a, is a great reminder. Uh, Thank you for that. Last question is uh, what book have you read recently that you would want to recommend and why would you want to recommend it? Yeah, and so you had, uh, I mean, this is, uh, I join you in, in wanting to provide, uh, sort of what's going on in Canada. So many of us, we always look to Americans and, uh, or, or other places and we learn from them and we have so much to learn from, from what's going on in other countries and stuff, but God's doing something in Canada. And in one of the areas, this kind of combines another area of my life is this church planting. Uh, there's a new book called Gut, Gutsy. Miss, Adventures in Canadian Church Planting. And it's by a guy named Jared Siebert. And Jared is part of a network that I'm also a part of called New Leaf. And New Leaf is a group of, uh, of, it's a network that's trying to support church planters and starters, people who are starting social uh, initiatives. And this is a great book. It's, it tells the Canadian story of church planting, which I'm not sure there's been many books that have done that. Uh, what happened was, I think it was back in 2005 or eight. They 
a group, uh, some guys they filmed made this video called "One Size Fits All?" Uh, question mark. And it was this uh, documentary that was followed the lives of 19 church planters. And so part of this book is a response to that. It's a follow-up to hear where some of them went. Uh, we can hear out some of the good stories of what's happened in Canada in terms of church planting, but also some of the challenges that have gone before. Yeah, so this book, Gutsy, uh, it, it tells the story of Canadian church planting. And and why that's exciting is it it's it's not a big theology book, although there's lots of great nuggets in there, uh, certainly in terms of how to practically live out and live out faith and as a, and as a community. Uh, and... I think part of what uh, I think one of the beautiful things this kind of goes back to some of the earlier questions. I mean, the challenges and opportunities before us in Canada these days is is how are we going to live out faith in such a way that it is compelling for others, for those nuns and duns. And this book uh, provides just some great stories of what's happened and also uh, some ideas of how we can live that out fuller and uh and so i'm just really grateful for this so it's again it's gutsy uh yeah, and it's miss uh, in brackets uh gutsy the misadventures in canadian church planting by jared Seaver. and uh so it's available yeah it's, it's, it's worth a read okay that's great i'm gonna include a, a link to that book in the episode notes and encourage people to check it out well dallas i really appreciate you taking the time to do this and uh, you've shared some Really good insight, both in the Canadian context and I think also for ministry in general. So I, I want to thank you for that. Yeah, thanks, Steve. And thanks also for what you're doing. I appreciate people who care deeply about, again, our Canadian church also and, and the way that we can equip those who are serving with their lives. And so your your reminder of the importance of apologetics, I just really appreciate that. So blessings oh, on those efforts. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to this episode. For you, the listeners of the Hope's Reason podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. I recommend Canoeing the Mountains, Christian Leadership in Uncharted Territory by Todd Bolsinger. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash hopesreason. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash hopesreason for your free audiobook. And please check out this episode and many other resources at my website, hopesreason.com, and consider supporting this podcast through Patreon. Go to my page at patreon.com slash hopesreason. Thank you, and God bless.